Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Greetings. This is your host, Kurt Sumner, for this episode of Surveyor Says. Thank you for joining us. We are very proud of our podcast series. Listenership is very good, and we always appreciate that. But one of the reasons we listenership is good is because between Tim Birch and me, we've been really fortunate to get guests who people actually want to hear. And I say that because when I think back to my days of the radio show, I'm not sure all the people I had on, on on a weekly basis for all those years were people that our listeners actually wanted to hear. But nonetheless, uh, it, it turned out OK. But we've been fortunate in this series, in the podcast series, to to find folks who are interesting, many of whom are involved in the organization, some of whom are not. One of the people that always comes to mind when we want to share information about what's going on in the surveying world, when I say world, I mean world completely, not just the surveying world that we know in our particular location where we are or sitting here at NSPS or wherever we may be where we think of our surveying world, but the surveying world throughout the world. And the best person I know to talk to about that somebody I've known for a really long time, he and I were just talking that he's one of the few people that are still around who were involved in NSPS even before I was. Um, and so I, I hope that doesn't date you too bad, John, but the person I'm talking about is John Hohall. Welcome, John. Thank you, Kurt. Just for a little bit of background, um, I'll let John give you details, but John's been very involved in NSPS for many years. At one point in time, he worked for a vendor. He he traveled the world uh, on behalf of that person, but he also took with him his interest in us as an organization. In those days, primarily we were ACSM and very instrumental in working with us as when we were doing conferencing and actually was the glue that held our connection together between the organization and the vendor base uh, and, and even had a coalition set up there to keep those relationships alive. And even though we're not doing all those things anymore, um, maybe we'll get back to that. But nonetheless, John John has kept us alive on the international scale as well as the, the uh, national level. And so I wanted to, to talk with John about a number of things. I wanted to talk about FIG and our upcoming sponsorship of a working week in 2023. Uh, but beforehand, talk with us a little bit, John, about the anniversaries that we are celebrating this year, uh, the 40th year of NSPS and the 80th year of ACSM. And I'm not going to pretend that you've been around all those years, but <laughs> you know a lot about them. So share, share with our audience perspectives looking back and where we've been and where we've gone. 
Uh, yes, thanks, Kurt. Um, of course, I haven't quite been around since the beginning of ACSM. You know, there's a, there's a lot of really cool history, and of course, surveyors love history. And um, there's the book that uh, good old Walt Dix uh, put out, um, Recollections on, on the History of uh, ACSM. And um, American Congress on Surveying and Mapping basically started out from uh, surveying camps that were held by surveying uh, instructors at uh, at different intervals, uh, including one at written a, a, a very uh, popular one and famous one was held annually at Rainy Lake in, in Minnesota. Anyway, um, ACSM was uh, founded in 1941. Originally, it was called the National Congress on Surveying and Mapping. But because of the, the members that they had from Canada and Mexico, they changed the name to ACSM, American Congress. And uh, it's interesting in that the first meeting held in uh, 1941, which was actually held uh, this month, um, 80 years ago, I, I believe it was uh, June 14th to the 16th, it was held at the uh, uh, U.S. Department of Commerce Auditorium. And it was actually sponsored by uh, organizations like uh, the uh, Department of State, um, American Society of Civil Engineers, and even National Geographic, um, you know, really pointing out the, the need for um, and the importance of, of surveying. So as you know, it moves forward, then of course, uh, NSPS was one of the uh, member organizations within ACSM one of the four, and um, and of course, NSPS is now celebrating its 40th anniversary, and it celebrated its 40th anniversary on May 11th, I believe it was. And so uh, it's uh, been a lot, a lot of things happening. Uh, things have progressed um, substantially through the years, and uh, looking forward to a, a very bright future. Of course, there are some challenges, you know, the the big challenges, of course, is the average age of a surveyor. You know, in the U.S., you know, you hear numbers like 57, 58 years old, and it's not unique to the U.S. It's 54 globally. And one of the challenges in the U.S. is, of course, getting students in the surveying. And an even a bigger challenge is going to be getting educators to teach the students. So there's, there's some uh, big challenges ahead. Yeah, and mentioning the the uh, participation in ACSM among surveyors, of course, pre-NSPS, there were entities within ACSM focused primarily on surveyors and private sector folks um, in the land surveys division and, and what have you. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, and of course, you know, there was a technical division, land surveys, like you said, and so on. So um, yes, and a and a big element within the original organization ACSM was the government side because uh, it was very important, especially, you know, this is around the time of World War II, and of course, surveying played an integral role in in that, which you know most people don't realize you know firsthand that's true and and when you say that it brings to mind of course the fact that 
with the change from ACSM and its four entities to who we are as NSPS now, um, I won't say we don't have the, the same participation with our friends in the government sector because we do still have lots of, of communication with those folks and they help us with a lot of different things. But oftentimes they're not necessarily our members at this point. They, they may be members of AAGS perhaps or some other organization, but fortunately we've been able to hold on to those relationships and still have uh, really good opportunities to work back and forth with them. Right. No, absolutely. And of course, um, a big function of that is also working through, you know, related organizations that NSPS is involved in, like with COGO and, and so on. That's very true. And that's, that, that's always, all of that's been helpful to us. And we can't say that all of it necessarily came through our connection with, with FIG, but certainly groundwork was laid for all those kind of things that helped us to sort of figure out how to do it if, if for lack of a better term, I guess. Sure. But, but it's been really good. That's for sure. So just thinking back a little bit, obviously you've got all these years of experience and working through and with uh, ACSM and, and now NSPS. Are there any of those every time you sit down in the evening and you're in your recliner watching TV or whatever the case may be, does what lightning bolt comes at you and you think, oh, wow, I remember that when when we were doing something nationally or internationally. Do you have any of those aha moments still coming back? Well, um, not so much that, but it's interesting in a, in a conversation that I'll have with somebody just, you know, off the cuff and somebody will bring up a name from years ago and, you know, we start talking about, and you know, I start sharing my information, and they're saying, "Wow, I didn't realize you knew that much about that person," or so on, or you know, little things. Um, you know, I'm I know you remember Bernie Hostrop, you know, who's a chief server for the BOM for many years, um, or as he liked to call himself, surveyor general. But another really uh, dynamic surveyor back then was um, John P. Ferguson who was the chief surveyor out of Ogden, Utah for the Forest Service. And uh, he was the Forest Service's first smoke jumper. Oh. And, and some of the stories that he, you know, he would relate about that, I mean, are just, just unbelievable, you know, just, just beyond belief, you know. The, and, and when you think about them doing it, you know, what, 70 years ago, the technology that they had and the aircraft and, and so on. I mean, and today, you know, what, what they use, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's just totally, totally fascinating. Or, you know, um, dealing with, you know, with some of the, the previous leadership of both ACSM and NSPS2, learning from them and just the historical part of their career and profession. Yeah. That tradition carried on, uh, and still does actually in our relationships with the, with the federal agencies, as I said, and, and BLM in particular, we do a lot of things still with them. And the, the folks who've been at the head of that organization have always been really good friends to us and uh, helping right. us get things done. I, you mentioned Bernie. I, he came to a conference in Virginia years and years ago before I was actually involved in anything. I was 
surveyor of Virginia attending my conference. And I might have possibly been a chapter chair or something like that. But uh, I got to meet him and he actually signed a copy of what was then the current manual of instruction for me. So it's it's among my prized possessions that I have right. in my library. Um, but but one of the things that strikes me when I think about those people that you're talking about, you know, the Bernies and, and other people like him, they were almost bigger than life. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Yes. Literally and sometimes figuratively. But they- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember years ago um, going to the dedication of the sixth principal meridian and uh, uh, Bernie. I met Bernie at the airport and picked him up and um, he drove to the location. And of course, he's pointing out the fact about, you know, the public land survey system and every quarter mile, there's a road going going off and so on. And when we get to the hotel, um, there's a mistake on his uh, reservation. He doesn't have a room the first night. His uh, reservation only started the second night, so he bunked with me the first night. And I tell you, I mean, you know, you know, everyone has their little idiosyncrasies, but he had to have all the windows open. Okay, you know, this is in Nebraska in the middle of summer. He had to have all the windows open with the air conditioning full blast. In the bathroom, I'm I'm not kidding. I went in after he was done. I, it looked like there was a beached whale. I mean, there was water all over. I mean, you know, <laughs> he he was very bigger than life. So. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. But it just points out, I think, that uh, anybody who gets involved at a chapter level or at the state level or at the national level, at the international level, whatever the case may be, um, all of us are going to have. Maybe not that particular story, but we're going to have stories about people we've encountered through the years and how they have had an impact on our lives personally and professionally. And um, I think that's one of the great things about the surveying profession. We have that opportunity because we're not that huge. And when we go to meetings, it's more of a gathering than it is sort of this formal I'll sit in my corner, you sit in your corner kind of thing. You can go to any chapter meeting or state conference or, or national conference for that matter. And it, there always seems to be such a synergy among surveyors that is contagious. And and it seems as though for some reason, as as boisterous as we may be or as outgoing as we may be, somehow we still haven't figured out exactly how to make that work with the next generation in a right. way that makes them really want to jump on board. And I, right. I wish I knew right. the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure we all did do. I, I remember the, I remember when we went to the FIG working week in Hong Kong. And I think that was your first international FIG conference. And, um, the people, you know, attending from the other countries, you know, the, and you were primarily involved with, um, you know, Commission One, which was uh, professional practice and standards. And um, I remember the people there, you know, they just wanted to pick your mind and, and find out, you know, what's happening in, in, in the U.S. And, and that's, I mean, that's true, whether it's locally, nationally or globally. I mean, the opportunity just to... Um, 
meet and discuss and learn and, and share things um, is it, just fantastic. I mean, you may have a different culture, a different language, but surveying is surveying. Yeah, that most people who know me would not think of me as someone who was uh, easily intimidated or that kind of thing in terms of being with people. But I do look back on that experience, my first time there talking with people from all over the country, and I'm standing there thinking, what have I got to tell? <laughs> but because, you know, I was there in awe in, in, in a sense, just just that being that first experience. Right. And uh, and I guess it was a little unnerving to have them think that you're the guy that knows everything from your country because you don't. <laughs> right. Right. But, but yeah, still, but I mean, that's it's still a great opportunity to be able to interact and not only learn, but teach. And I guess the big thing, not have to worry about reinventing the wheel, so to speak. Yeah, that that's true. And uh, it seems as though, of course, now everybody who's listening to this radio show knows that um, that turnaround time on the next new thing is a very short period of time these days. Yes. You know, we, we look back at the, the methodologies that we used were almost centuries old, I guess, even coming into to, uh, this century and to the, even to, toward the middle of this century to some degree. And now it seems as though there's something new every day, which brings along with it a lot of challenges uh, as well as a lot of opportunities. And um, sometimes we perceive them as encroachments, and, and maybe they are sometimes depending on how they're used. Um, but, uh, of course, our underlying principles don't, don't go away. And uh, of course, equipment changes and you were involved in part of that equipment business at one point. So right. you still have a lot of contacts with uh, the Trembles of the world and, and Brent and all the folks you know and, and people in other entities as well. Um, I think that, and just thinking of that, to me, that must be a really big challenge for them to try to be the next big thing when the next big thing seems to be coming out on a routine basis. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, and it's, it's just, it's just amazing, you know, uh, to think how, how they can manage to, uh, you know, stay ahead of things because, like you say, things are moving so, so quickly. I was just at a, at a, an event in D.C. last week. Senator Enhoff from Oklahoma was introducing a bill that would hold. Legato, I think everybody listening to the show knows who Legato is, formerly Light Squared, um, responsible for harm they cause to other systems like GPS or whatever the case may be, because part of why they were granted what they've been granted so far was the idea that they would not harm anything, although all the testing seems to show that they will. And so right. this bill is intended to say, okay, it's all almost one of those, okay, now's your chance to to prove that you, you believe what you say because And to prove us wrong, right? Yeah, yes. if you're gonna have to if you're gonna claim that you won't harm all these other things, then you certainly wouldn't have any problem paying for the disruption that you may cause to them. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes, but it's another example, I think, of transition. Right. in the profession, uh, in particular in this case from instrumentation and data gathering and all those kind of things. But but 
the inevitable evolution of what goes on in a profession uh, will always have bumps in the road. You know, how do we right. get to there? And, and we're, we go through it even with uh, licensure requirements, education requirements, those kind of things. We find a bumps in the road there too. And, and um, for me, all these years, it's been a, a, a great opportunity to sort of be a part of that. And at least um, I'm certainly not the guy with all the answers, but um, I'm pretty good at questions. Um, so I, I guess that's that's maybe part of the equation. I don't know, but and 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 you've been involved in it, obviously. Like I said before, from both sides, from the from the technology side to the to association side, you know how those right. things work. Right. I'm eager to uh, looking forward to. I know we've been having some conversation with some other folks about getting back to a multi organizational meeting. Um, and, and that seems to be moving along right now. Don't have a lot of detail about it, but what we're seeing so far, it looks, it looks hopeful. And um, yeah, it looks very promising. Yeah. And I'm looking at it as a way to sort of maybe not build bonds, but, but rebuild bonds or strengthen bonds so exactly. that we're working together and not against each other. Absolutely. Learning and sharing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's definitely one thing, you know, with uh, the FIG, the International Federation of Surveyors, because, you know, uh, FIG has such a broad definition of a surveyor that it encompasses basically everything under the geospatial umbrella. So, I mean, it's, um, it's very interesting to go to one of their conferences and see everybody involved. It's also interesting to go to their conferences and see how many people some of the countries send. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I mean, as an example, um, Nigeria would would like to send 400 people on average. Unfortunately, in, in many instances, you know, they haven't been able to do it because of uh, visa challenges and so on. I mean, and of course, this year, Last year, the uh, FIG Working Week was scheduled to be held in Amsterdam, but of course it was canceled because of COVID. This year, they turned it into an e-working week, so it was all virtual, and uh, it ran from Sunday through last Friday. They had um, participants from 110 countries participating, which was very impressive. They, they had a little over 1,000 participants and over 300 papers presented. And there were about 60 participants from the US and 34 of them were actually presenters. So, I mean, it, uh, it covered a lot of, um, lot of, lot of good, good areas. I mean, um, as an example, um, some of the presenters included you know, Tim Birch, you know, who's the president elect. He's also was elected as uh, incoming chair of FIG Commission uh, professional standards and practice. So his term would run from uh, 20, uh, what, 2023 to 2027. So, and uh, as well as there was a, uh, an election for vice presidents, there were two vice presidents that were uh, um, positions open. Uh, one was reelected Mikhail Linkty from Sweden, and then there was a competition between uh, Kwame Tendadu from Ghana and Muhammad uh, Kabir from Nigeria. And uh, 
Kwame from uh, Ghana was was elected. Um, another big uh, person involved in this this year's working week was uh, Dan Roman, who's the current chair of Commission Five, which is positioning and measurement. You know, basically, you know, obviously he's the NGS chief geodesist, so that's you know that's a logical area for him to uh, be involved with and. There are, there are many people involved within NSPS that participated. Uh, Amanda Allred, you know, NSPS vice president, participated. I know I had several discussions with Ruth Trujillo from Puerto Rico. She's um, our delegate to um, Commission Three, which is um, spatial information management as well. So um, it was a very, very well done meeting. Um, Brent Jones had a big presence from from Esri. Um, many people remember Dave Zilkowski, who had been uh, you know chief of um, the director of NGS prior to Juliana. Um, he's now the uh, incoming president from for AAGS American Association for Genetic Surveying. So yeah, there were a lot of very familiar names to our audience that were involved as well. Probably the biggest challenge was everything was based in the Netherlands. So it was on Central European summertime, which is six hours ahead of you, Eastern time, seven hours ahead of me, as an example. So with many things starting at eight o'clock in the morning or, or 8.30 in the morning, that's one o'clock in the morning, my time. Um, and to help things out, so to speak, they did have some sessions during the week that were held later in the day so that more people from our part of the world could participate, which that was great for people who were only participating on particular sessions. But if, you know, I'm involved with the, the majority of it, you know, some of the days went from one in the morning until, you know, five in the evening. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, quite a challenge with the with the body clock, and uh, I guess good thing I'm young, um, more than I can say. One one thing that came out of the the session, of course, you know, and because COVID have has impacted not only us but everyone globally so much as well as FIG. The uh, FIG Congress was scheduled to be held in Cape Town, South Africa, next year in 2022. But unfortunately, um, a lot of Africa, especially South Africa, is not looking good in terms of COVID. So they were really concerned on whether they would, would be able to hold the meeting. Um, at this meeting, there was an election to, to host the 2025 meeting. It was between Warsaw, Poland and Brisbane, Australia. So what they have done uh, because of the challenges with South Africa, the 20, 2022 FIG Congress will now next year be in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, and they said they have about 45% of everybody um, vaccinated already. So, you know, things should be good by the time the meeting is held next summer. Uh, so 2022 will be in, in Poland. 23 we will host in Orlando at the Orlando, Hilton, Bonnet Creek, and Waldorf Astoria. 2024 will be in Accra, Ghana, which was supposed to host it this year, but they gave it to Amsterdam, which didn't make 
any difference anyway because it still had to be a virtual meeting. So they'll hold it in 24. In 2025, it'll be in Brisbane, Australia. And in 2026, Cape Town will now hold the Congress. So they're, they're figuring that by 2026, hopefully COVID will be, you know, a, a past memory and we don't have anything like that in the future. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed as far Let's as that so. goes. Share with us a little bit, John, you've mentioned 2023. Um, you know, we, we put in the, uh, a bid for 2022, but, but it went to Cape Town and, and we ended up with 23. So we're a working week, not a, a full-blown uh, Congress. But um, it, we have some really good things to talk about for people to show up and help our listeners understand why it's a good idea to go. Yeah, it's an international meeting, and it's not like your state conference or maybe even your national conference um, exactly. But there's so many great things that can come out of attending an international meeting like this and having it in our country and available easily for anybody in the country to, to come help our listenership understand what it is that, that makes that such a great opportunity. Well, it's a really good opportunity to network globally. I mean, you know, first of all, I'll talk about the vendors. I mean, you get vendors from around the world that you would not be exposed to that will be exhibiting and which will bring technology and equipment that, you know, you won't see normally in the U.S. So that's a big benefit. Additionally, in terms of just the meeting itself, uh, a really good example is in when we had the uh, 2007, 2008, 2009 recession. Um, at the FIG meetings, um, the Australians were begging for surveyors, especially in the mining industry. And because of that, there were many surveyors that moved to Australia to work in the mines during that time. And they were paying outrageous amounts of money. I mean, uh, you would work for three months and get a month off to go back home, you know, paid by the company and so on. So, I mean, there's things like that. There was a situation when Hong Kong was building their new airport. All the information was networked through these FIG meetings so people could attend, uh, learn about the um, possibilities and you know what, what, what was available. Uh, uh, a closer example, John Hamilton, who's an NSPS member from, from Pittsburgh, and he's also um, our delegate to uh, Commission 6, which is uh, engineering surveys, and past, he's also past president of AGS. He has uh, made many, many good contacts, and so he does a lot of work throughout South America because of his contacts throughout FIG. And I remember in 2006, when the FIG Congress was in Munich, Germany, uh, it was in, in, in connection with Intergeo, the, the big German uh, serving um, exhibition. And John was looking for a, a specialized piece of equipment to do for mining survey. And of course, it had to be non-sparking because of the mining situation. And I knew exactly who to point them to. I, I sent them to a company called FW Breithaupt, which probably most people have never heard of. They've been in business 
since 1785, and they make specialized, one-of-a-kind instruments. And they gave him exactly what he needed. And, you know, um, Intergeo, you know, has 600 exhibitors, again, with um, um, vendors from around the world. So we would expect to see that on a smaller scale as well. Um, when we held the, uh, the Congress in 2002 in Washington, we, we had 136 exhibitors. I mean, and I would say 50% of those were international exhibitors that normally don't come to the U.S. So it's a, it's a really good opportunity. And you won't see that any, any, any other time, you know, in the, in, in the surveying area. That's true. And, and it, it appears as though I know I've heard you talk about this as well. It, it, I think it provides an opportunity for us to help strengthen any ties that we have in Central and South America and to make new ones that we don't already have. Because as we think about our contacts around the world and even participation in FIG, it seems as though South America is not as involved as a lot of other places are. Well, that's true. And, you know, there's the organization down there. Um, the regional organization is called the Pan American Association of Surveying and Topography. And we, we joined them as a member uh, several years ago. And they have agreed to hold their general assembly in 2023 as part of the working week. So that, you know, that will draw hundreds of surveyors from Latin America to the working week as well. And so, I mean, you know, anytime you can um, bring all thing, all these things together, uh, you know, I should mention about FIG, um, you um, hosted the, um, the uh, regional bodies uh, group, the member association and uh, um, regional bodies group in, in Istanbul in 2018. Uh, this year, of course, it was virtual. They had uh, 52 in attendance. I made a presentation about NSPS. I made a presentation about the uh, Pan American group. And I also made a presentation about Get Kids in the Survey because globally, most of these other associations had no clue about what Get Kids in the Survey. Is. So I, I put on a PowerPoint about Get Kids in the Survey, and um, that opened a lot of eyes too. Because just like us, many countries are dealing with the age issue in in terms of uh, you know the aging of the surveyor, and so they see this as as a, a valuable tool as well. So I mean, it's 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 really good to be able to share these things. One, one of the other big things that we're going to uh, be able to do in, in Orlando is to be able to provide um, really fantastic technical tours. There's so much construction being done going to, on in Central Florida, and we'll be able to have technical tours on that. Uh, you and I visited Kennedy Space Center. We're going to be able to have technical tours to that, and of course, people you know, will really enjoy that. Um, NOAA has their um, their uh, base for all the their aircraft that flies for hurricanes and so on. You know, we can we can go to that. So I mean, there, there there's many many other areas as well. You know, you know, um, behind the scenes um, in surveying at Disney, for example. Um, you know, it's it's amazing in itself. And the first time I met the surveyor from Disney, Don McKinney. I mean, I couldn't believe the stories he told. He, 
he at the beginning he had a 180 surveyors working for him and he was chief of the engineering department he was a land surveyor but he was head of the engineering department because the surveyors basically told every made every decision on where everything went so so yeah i mean there's um, there's a lot of good opportunities for that Thanks, John, for that insight going into because it's not too early to start planning to participate. We're not even two years away at this point. So uh, I hope our audience will will check into that and join us when we're in that meeting. And I'm, I'm sure that the information you provided today about the organization of FIG, as well as all the opportunities and and fun things to do, so to speak, at at the Congress or not the Congress this time, but the working week. Um, I appreciate that. So our listeners will have a better idea of that. So uh, I guess we're at the end of our time. I was going to ask you who is going to be the next John Hohall, but you you covered the space, so I'm not going to have to ask you that now. We'll just have to figure that out when the time comes. But well, I yeah. I, I, I just want to say one last thing. I encourage everyone if they have the opportunity to participate in an FIG event. My first event was in 1981, 40 years ago in Switzerland, Montreux, Switzerland. And I've learned something at every meeting I've gone to since then. And I mean, it's it's just a great experience to um, share the surveying profession with with your, uh, you know, with others around the world. Right, and one other quick thing uh, not to be left out is the fact that our participation in young surveyors actually sprung from there too. So exactly, uh, there are a lot of things going on. Well, thanks again, John. I appreciate you being with me today and uh, I look forward as we go into our planning and um, put out the invitation. Anybody listening to contact me here at NSPS, I can get you in touch with John. You can find him lots of other ways to if you have questions. But uh, thanks again, John, for being with me today. I appreciate it. Of course. Glad to. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.